Raptors and welcome to the live stream here tonight. Tonight I am so excited because I have an amazing story that I would want that I want you to hear an amazing testimony regarding the gift of speaking in tongues. I have a brother that I've invited to come on the live show here tonight who grew up in a church that had spiritual gifts and movings of the spirit, it seemed in the church, but yet there were teachings around the Holy Spirit that confused him, made him feel somewhat isolated and lonely. And in fact, it gave him a bad taste, if you will. And as he grew up in the Lord and became a man and grew closer and closer to the Lord, he started getting pricked in his heart by the Holy Spirit. And as this happened, the father led him back to that gift of speaking in tongues. He's witnessed before, but the father wanted him to see something new, something authentic, something beautiful. And that thing would be the very thing that would change his life forever and his relationship with God forever. So, uh, brothers and sisters, I want to say a special welcome to my friend Hannibal. Uh, Hannibal, brother, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Um, I'm so honored. I'm so excited to hear what you have to share with us. No, thank you. Shalom, everyone. Thank you for having me on. Awesome. So, you know, uh, guys, I asked Hannibal um, to not even share everything with me yet because I wanted um, at least a large part of his story to be new to me just as it is to you tonight so I could receive it as if I'm hearing it the first time with you because I want that conversation that we have here tonight to be natural about this this encounter that he had and we want to explore the things that happened to him and what the father did in his life. Um, so Hannibal, I'm just going to here from here on give this over to you and i'm going to jump in here now and then and we're going to talk about some things but i want you to mm -hmm. just open up for us tonight about um, just sharing what happened there in that church you grew up in and that environment and from there on out yeah so um from the age of about seven to right up until high school i went to a christian private school and uh, even though i did not have a personal relationship with with Jesus and I tried, but I just couldn't understand it. Um, during worship and praise, which we had at least once a week in school, uh, a lot of students would just start praying in tongues. <clears throat> and, you know, me being young, it felt like it was at least 70% of the students. And I was looking around, um, wondering what I was hearing. And uh, one of the pastors explained to me what this is. And he pretty much said that this is a special gift that Jesus gives to you. Um, and it's a beautiful gift. And obviously I wanted it and it felt like, um, you know, I was having a basic basic subscription of Christianity and uh, all of my friends and peers, they were having a premium subscription. So I felt so neglected after a while of asking, not even knowing what I was asking for, that I started faking it. And uh, when I graduated from that school and entered into a secular high school, I left church completely and went my own way and just put that in, you know, a folder. Of, I'd never want to have anything to do with that again. Um, because I felt like a fraud. Uh, a decade later, when I actually gave my life to Yeshua and started walking in the commandments, um, I, my first thought was like, oh man, okay, so I'm a believer now. I understand the Bible, that the commandments are still applicable today. This is how we walk out our sanctification. Um, so I expected everyone around me to, that's Torah observant to be like, you know, Acts, Book of Acts, right? First century church, just explosive, for, for full contact Christianity, as I would like to call it. Um, 
but then I came in and everybody was just like, well, we have Moses, we have the Torah. And everyone say, well, we'll get to the gifts someday in the future, uh, but not now. And nobody even had a hunger for it. So after about half a year of just filling my head with a lot of knowledge, which is good, um, of the commandments and Yeshua and, and all these things, I started having a feeling of being spiritually constipated, for lack of better words, that there's something missing because what Yeshua commanded us to do, according to Deuteronomy 18, that's Torah too, right? Everything that the Father put in him to say, we need to do. And part of that is to cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out demons. And I, I saw nobody doing that around me. Uh, even worse, I saw nobody having an interest in doing th those things. It was all very theoretical. So I remember going to my knees and asking the Father, okay, uh, these charismatic gifts, I want them. But I used to pray for all nine of them, except for one, the gift of tongues. I would jump over it. I would skip over it and I would tell God anything, Father, but that gift uh, because of my experiences in my childhood. And I remember him leading me to your channel, PD, uh, where you talked about the gifts and what you've been doing in outreaches. And I felt the Father t drop in my spirit so heavily that the first thing I want you to pursue is the gift of tongues. And I just, I got chills and I got scared and my heart started beating fast because <laughs> I just, I freaked out Cause, because. Because you had an experience yeah. about that when you were young and it wasn't good. Yeah, exactly. It, it wasn't good at all. And I was afraid of, well, what if I just make, make it up again like I did when I was young, when I was a child. Mm -hmm. And I'm very um, logical. I need everything to make sense. And it never made sense to me of, well, all the teachers that I've been listening to, almost all of them have been saying that they are known languages for the purpose of spreading the gospel. So why, why should I pursue it? I live in a country where I speak Swedish, I speak English, so the only language I'll ever come in contact with, I already speak them. Why do I need the gift? So I went back into the Word, I started studying, and I started seeing something different and started listening to testimonies of people that I knew in my life. I started reading testimonies, started reading, reading studies, and one of the things that i found out was everyone who's practiced the gift of tongues in terms of a known language uh, would all say that they're doing the exact same thing that they do in their prayer closet when they pray in tongues so that just you know was a huge thing that i had to grapple with for a season and a, a huge red flag that i saw in the community that i was a part of is that um, everybody that's teaching that the gift of tongues is just known languages known none of them are practicing that gift actively uh, none of them know of someone in their own assembly that practices the gift in that way, nor have they heard of a testimony in that way. So, you know, in, in my opinion, if it, if you're, if what you're teaching doesn't work, then there's something we have to go back to the drawing board. Right. So you're telling me that you were looking around you, you saw that this gift that is in the Bible was not in any way really being practiced around you even by people who, who said that they understood what the gift was, but yet they didn't have the fruit of the gift in their life. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And that, that exactly. disturbed you, right? That was a huge red flag because um, not only the gift of tongues, none of the gifts. And some things are not even, you know, like Mark 16, Yeshua tells us that those who believe, they will lay hands on the sick and they will get well. Now, if we don't even have a desire to lay hands on the sick, then, you know, are we not being disobedient? Why are we not doing this and expecting Yeshua to step in after we lay hands to bring the healing? Um, and also believe that if we believe in him, we should speak in new tongues and cast out devils. And I had no experience in any of these. And 
everything had become very theoretical, very lofty, and not practical at all. And Yeshua was very practical. Um, right. And yeah. I, I just, you know, nobody was practicing any any gifts. Really, I guess which something was a big that. Issue. It's such a good point. I think what easily happens is that, you know, as we get immersed in the study of scripture and the study of, say, the gifts, uh, among other things, you know, we we get so enamored in the study that we forget about the doing of it. And we don't. So we can talk about it a lot and say about how we think it should look or not look. But if it's not happening, there's no actual fruit of the teaching and the knowledge that we have, and then sometimes, you know, as Yeshua and the scriptures warns us, that knowledge puffs us up. So then we actually get blinded to the doing part of things. Um, even if someone else is doing things, you know, I might add, you know, if, if uh, and this is what the Pharisees struggled with with Yeshua, is he was doing a lot of things. He was casting out demons, right? And, and that upset them because even though they had words and they had knowledge, they did not have the same fruits that he had. And so, yeah, man, I think it's just profound that you had the awareness to to be like, well, I, okay, I'm studying all this stuff and I'm receiving knowledge, but but I'm not satisfied with just that. I, I need to actually be practical about it, as you're saying. I think that is such an important point that that we must really consider with this and all of Scripture. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, please continue. No, no. And, uh, well, knowing that, I was a hundred percent sure because everything in my flesh did not want to pursue that gift. So I knew that it was from the father. So, um, the only thing I knew what to do was to fast and to pray. And I kept praying and, and fasting and, and I knew that it was fear gripping me. Right. I was trying to figure out like, how do I do this? And I was asking the father, you just have to control my tongue and speak. But I knew like instinctively somewhere inside already, I already knew that that didn't make any sense because like any other gift, we actually have to step out in faith and then the Holy spirit comes, you know, and, and helps us. But um, I, I would say that after about six months of wrestling with it, it got to a point where I, when I was praying for the gift of tongues, I would feel in my spirit a check saying, telling me that you already have it. And I would just freeze and I would just be like, no, nah, I'm just making that up. And I would continue praying as if I didn't hear that. And that went on for a few more months, uh, just being stubborn. But then something interesting started to happen that when I was fellowshipping with other believers or when I was reading the scriptures, or praying, I will start hearing a different language in my head, uh, something that I've never heard before. And it was complete sentences, syntax, uh, beginning and ending of sentences. And uh, I would just sort of ignore it. Um, I didn't feel weird about it. I just ignored it. And I remember um, telling a brother about it. And this brother, you know, exercises the gift of tongues. And he just told me, well, what's the worst that could happen? Just say it out loud and pray one time. And, you know, if nothing happens, nothing happens. And <laughs> I was so afraid um, because of my past of uh, and everything that I've also been taught since coming to faith uh, as an adult of like, what if I'm saying something demonic? What if I'm blaspheming God? What if I'm cursing him? And, um, you know, what if I'm just babbling into the air? All these stuff. And I remember going on my knees and telling myself, trying to psych myself up, okay, I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it. And then just freezing for like 10 minutes, not doing anything and going back up and saying, okay, that next time, I'll do it next time. And that went on for about a week. And then I had a dream. And in that dream, uh, I entered into a hotel lobby and there was a reception and behind the reception was uh, a receptionist, a, a black lady. And she looked at me as if she recognized me trying to guess my name. And I looked at her and said, yes, it's Hannibal. And I 
walked past the reception down a long um, hallway. And after making just a few steps, she started cackling in like this demonic way and the whole dream just started turned very dark. And I immediately felt like, okay, this is demonic because I've had a lot of demonic dreams um, before becoming a believer and even during. Um, and in my spirit, immediately when I heard her cackling, I had this whole language of how to rebuke her in a new language that I've never heard before. And I was so sure of like, whatever I have in my head, she's gonna get it. So I turn around in my dream and I go back to her and I point her and I'm about to rebuke her for whatever demonic things that she's, that she's saying. And before you can, I can even get the first word out, I wake up in full on sleep paralysis. Uh, now for those who don't know what that is, that is pretty much where you know unclean spirits are trying to put fear upon you uh, in a state of like between dreaming and sleeping, um, dreaming and not dreaming, I mean. And uh, I, shook, I shook that off and I just thought, huh, that's pretty interesting. And I put that in my back pocket and kept it moving. And about a week later, the same brother that I've talked about hearing a different language in my head um, had a dream where in that dream he was praying in, in tongues and I, I popped up in the dream and I was also praying in tongues and he was so shocked in his own dream that I was praying in tongues, um, sort of like when did this start happening, that he uh, thought to mention it to me and I thought that was very interesting uh, as I've been wrestling with, with these things that has been happening um, in the past few weeks. So at that point I started putting two and two together and I said, okay, uh, I, th I think I have to just, you know, go for it because I got so desperate, you know, after, you know, more than six months of praying and fasting, you don't want to do it anymore. You just want to have it. So I just went on my knees and I said, okay, God, <laughs> for five minutes, I'll be faithful and I'll speak out what I hear in my head. And, uh, you know, if it's not from you, so you, you have to stop me. And, uh, I opened up my mouth and I started speaking and I remember I didn't feel anything supernatural. I felt, actually, quite frankly, I felt silly and I wanted to stop. My flesh wanted me to stop immediately, but I told myself, okay, for five minutes, I'll be faithful for five minutes and, and that's it. And after I felt like five minutes had gone by, I stood up and almost an hour had passed. So I was like, whoa, okay, well, that's strange. That has never happened before because I try to spend a lot of time in prayer and trust me, it's not easy sometimes, you know, the flesh is rebellious, but this time, you know, time just flew flew by. Um, it actually felt like less than five minutes. So, you know, I said, all right. And uh, I kept doing that for a few more days, trying to be faithful. And I think after just three or four days is when I started seeing another gift manifest, uh, namely the gift of healing. And that was over a, over a call, a voice call, where commanded healing upon someone and that person got healed. And that's when I started, you know, because I've been wanting that gift all the time like that's the gift i actually wanted the gift of healing not the gift of tongues that's like i told you that's not the gift i wanted at all uh, but i started seeing that gift ma um, manifest in my life so it sort of felt like it was um, the gift of tongues was like the dam and when the dam broke uh, other things started flowing in my life amen man that's so amazing hey what what would you tell people who are you know you said something that i think a lot of people would connect with that one of the fears you had is that you don't know what you're saying yourself. You know, like mm -hmm. if you're praying in tongues, you're speaking in an unknown language, right? And 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2, like it's written for the one who speaks in tongues speaks not to men, but to God. No one understands him. Yet there's mysteries in the spirit. Mm -hmm. So if you're uttering mysteries in the spirit that you yourself do not even understand, but it's between you and God, 
this is this is I think a lot of a fearful thing for many people to consider because they think, well, what if I, and this is some of the things we've heard, right? Is it's the, what if you speak in a demonic language? What if you say something that you shouldn't be saying, but you don't even know what you're saying? Like, did you fight with that kind of those thoughts? What would you say about that? Yeah, I fought for those with those thoughts for the first few months um, until I, you know, I don't know if it was someone that pointed it out to me, but it was Luke 11 where Yeshua said, you know, um, ask and you shall receive. Knock mm. and the door will be open unto you. And, you know, if you asked the father for an egg, he won't, you know, right. he won't give you a stone. And if you ask for bread, he won't give you, you know, That's something good. else. I love that. <clears throat> and so, and another, yeah, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, well, I just wanted to say another thing to consider on top of that verse is what the heart is full of, the, run, the, the mouth runs over from. So if Amen. your heart is full of praise for the Lord, right? If your heart is full of worship, if your heart is full of the goodness of God, then your Amen. mouth will overflow with that goodness, that praise and that worship for the Lord. That is the natural thing that happens. It is the heart that is angry and bitter that allows the mouth to overflow with angry, anger and bitterness. And so you, yeah. no matter what the language is and whether you understand or not, when we speak in the gift of tongues and you are doing so in praise of God, which is basically what you do when you speak in tongues, um, mm -hmm. then we know that the words that are going to come out of our heart are going to be praising the Lord. That's another thing that I uh, recognized when I was also considering all of this. Yeah. Amen. And, you know, it, it's just comes down to believing that the Father is good and there's nothing that but good gift that comes down from the Father of lights. Then if we ask him for a gift that he wants to give us, you know, he mm -hmm. wants to give the Holy Spirit to all his children. We just have to ask and then believe that he will give it to us. Um, and, you know, fear is, you know, is we have unbelief. And, and that's the biggest thing that I was wrestling with was also ego and pride. Also, I remember from that first night when I actually spoke in tongues for almost an hour, um, my first two thoughts was, Oh no, I've become one of the babblers. <laughs> that was something that I thought. <laughs> and funny. then yeah. and then number two was I asked the father, okay, father, how can I can you explain this to me in a logical way so that I can break it down for other people? Because I wanted to be able to prove this um for people that have been stuck in the same place that I have been, because um this is such a wonderful gift that the father I believe the father uh, wants all of us to exercise in. And but we have been robbed because of, you know, wrong teachings, but also fear. Um and uh, I, kn I knew that as soon as I stepped away from that gift, I went back into my carnal mind wanting to break it down and asking the Father, okay, mm. how can I explain this in the carnal way, even though I don't understand it? You know, mm. like Paul says, my mind is unfruitful, but you build yourself up. And it's, I almost see it as, you know, in, in airplanes, they also always tell you before lifting off that if something happens, the, the breathing thing will come down and you right. put it on yourself first. You build yourself up first and then you can help others. And that's sort of how it's been for me that once I started building myself up, um, other gifts started manifesting so that I can be a blessing to those around me in the body and those who don't mm. know Yeshua, that I can be a light to them. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, you know, the carnal mind is an enmity of the Holy Spirit, is what the scriptures say. So whenever there is a move of the spirit or a spiritual gift, our mind, like the, the flesh, is going to run away mm -hmm. with all kinds of thoughts that are evil, things that are full of unbelief, 
um, criticisms of the Holy Spirit and so on. We see a great example of this in Acts 2 when the Holy Spirit is poured out the first time publicly in that way. And, you know, we see mm-hmm. these men in the back saying, you know, are these men drunk? You know, because they were obviously yeah. perceiving the speaking in tongues as a really strange looking and sounding thing for them to make that accusation, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. we see that they were speaking from their carnal minds there. And so and so it is with all the spiritual gifts, you know, uh, the gift of healing. You know, when, I promise you the first time you go out and you're going to pray for someone, your mind is going to scream at you that you yep. need to stop, that you're you're wasting your time, that it's not God's will, that, you know, mm-hmm. every excuse in the book will be running through your mind. And even 20 years later, when you pray, the same excuses will run through your mind again because mm-hmm. our carnal minds are in that way. We're in this fallen state. So, so I think that is, this is probably the biggest obstacle, uh, one of the biggest, at least for people who are wanting to step into spiritual gifts, but but they're afraid because they're hearing all of these thoughts running through their mind and, and, and they want to mm-hmm. just then back off from the Holy Spirit, even though he desires to work through, through them despite these fears, right? Yeah, amen. I, I wanted to ask you, you know, I think another part of your testimony that really is going to connect with people here is how you grew up in a church or an environment, right, that there was, or I think it was your school, you said, um, mm-hmm. where there was speaking in tongues happening to a certain degree, but you got hurt in some ways, right? Yep. How do you think that colored your vision going forward in your life? I think feeling rejected as a, as a child, um, not having the gift or having the same experience that I was seeing everyone around me, not everyone, but a lot of people around me having, um, it sort of did, have me more inclined at a, at my adult years to sort of lean towards an understanding of tongues that sort of disqualified what I was seeing as a young child, because then that means that I don't have to carry that rejection anymore, right? If what I saw was not the true manifestation of the gift of tongues, then, you know, I can let go of that childhood trauma. Uh, that was insecurities, right, that I was trying to protect. And, uh, but, you know, the father was very patient with me and in breaking down all those barriers. And I remember, like I said, <clears throat> I was hearing a full language. And so when I speak in tongues, um, the language I have now is not even the language I had when, when I started manifesting a gift. I've had different languages, but they're always fluent. And I thought that I had pride because of that. And I thought, and I felt even more secure because I said, well, I know that this is not something that I'm making up because it's, it's fluent with syntax. But then the father humbled me uh, in a wonderful way where a brother that I know um, was praying for someone uh, in tongues and he was interpreting his own tongues and he was speaking right into our life. Like, so what a lot of people might not have noticed is that when you speak in tongues and then interpret, you know, it becomes prophecy, right? Uh, usually because uh, you're right. building up, uh, exhorting, or you could even speak about something into someone's life. And that was exactly what he was doing. And to my carnal ears, his tongues were sounding very repetitive, but he was saying something different every time he was taking a break to interpret. And he was speaking right into her life and she was just breaking down. And, you know, when I was watching that, I was just like, whoa, <laughs> this is this is amazing. And you know, I had to go back into the drawing board because I still had uh, preconceived ideas, not based on experience, just based on, you know, what someone else had taught, uh, told me. Um, so even then, I know brothers and sisters today who don't exercise the gift, even though they have it, since they came to... Uh, the understanding of, of Torah because of what some other teachers who don't exercise the gift have told them. Uh, 
which is very unfortunate because I think um, it's something that we only see in Christianity where we give so much credence to someone's opinion on something where, like you said, they lack the fruit to show for it in their own walk. And, you know, no matter what the gift of tongues looks like to you, what they sound like to your carnal ear, and I've, I've heard you say that uh, our ears are not connected to our spirit, they're connected to our brain, right? They're carnal. And our, our ears will probably never like what what the what tongue sound, sounds like. Mm. Um, but that's something that we just have to continue walking in as our sanctification is to be be comfortable when our flesh is uncomfortable. Like you, like you said, the first time I laid hands on someone to, to pray, I was shaking like a leaf. I was so scared. <laughs> and I was sucking myself yeah. up for so long before I did it. And still today, I, you know, I get I get butterflies in my stomach when I know that I have to go and lay hands on someone to pray. Um, sure. But but yeah, that's that's the flesh. Yeah, and that's why there is a spiritual gift of interpretation of tongues that is given alongside this gift of tongues, right? So mm -hmm. the, the father is saying, look, you're not going to interpret, you're not going to understand this gift. Like I'm even giving a special spiritual gift that you should, and Paul writes and he says how he wants us to seek it so that we can bring, uh, interpret our own tongue so we can tell the church uh, or you know what we're, what we're saying, which may be prophetic, right? Or whatever, a word from the Lord. Uh, so... Yep. Yeah, there's this there's this this uh, word that we speak, but it's not. You see, people have thought, well, okay, speaking in tongues means that my that that I open my mouth and I speak, you know, say Chinese or whatever other language. And yes, there is an act to this manifestation, right, with them speaking in these yep. other human languages. But what you have to remember is, as they're speaking, there is this the spirit is moving upon them. I always wonder and and you know this is always a question i'd like to ask people is is if if we believe that speaking in tongues is to be exclusively a human language right uh that is to be in that is to like an acts chapter two then how do we practice that gift you know because mm -hmm. i'm gonna then have to go and just open my mouth and then i'll have to just speak like some language i don't know but yet i have how do i do that in faith you know what I mean? It starts with a step of faith of opening your mouth like physically and speaking, right? Like you, you yeah. say that it wasn't like the, and I don't, I don't say the father can't do this, but it wasn't like the father just did it for you. It wasn't that you just started speaking in tongues by nature one night and, and you know, it was something that was actually deeply considered, something that you pursued, you fasted about, and then you did. So it wasn't, it, there was a whole like action on your part with this. And so we have to, if we want to exercise this gift, my point is just, there has to be an action. Like if you want to pray for someone to get healed, there has to be an action. Like you have yep. to go up to them. You have to lay your hand on them and you have to believe, right? You have, and speaking mm -hmm. in tongues is the same way. So um, I, guys, I just wanted to read you a, a few verses just about the gift of speaking in tongues here because I know there's a lot of question always surrounding it when we talk about uh, talk about it. And uh, so I want to just open up here in uh, 1, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. Uh, it says, For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to man, but to God. For no one understands him. He utters mysteries in the Spirit. Right? And then I want to read verse 4. The one who speaks in tongue builds up himself. The one who, who prophesies builds up the church. So we see that there's at least there's this version of speaking in tongues that is about building up yourself, that is about not speaking to men, 
right? But in Acts chapter 2, they were speaking to men, and they weren't building up themselves. They were building up the church. So you see, there's, there's this another manifestation here where you can speak in tongues, pray in tongues, let me say, for building up yourself. And uh, I want to read on verse 5. He says, I want you all to speak in tongues, right? And he goes on and talks about prophecies, prophesying, and he says, but if we interpret the gift of tongues, it is going to be edifying to the whole church as well. So, yeah, brother, I, I, I thank you. That is, that is so good to share. Um, and... Uh, there's one more, one more actually, just I think in relation to something you said, uh, one more verse I just want to share here for everyone. Um, and that's here, verse 11. He says, Paul writes, But if I do not know the meaning of the language, I will be a foreigner to the speaker and the speaker a foreigner to me. Right? And then he goes on and says, Therefore, one who speaks in tongues should pray that he may interpret. So he is speaking and saying, Look, there is, uh, when you speak in tongues, you're, you don't know what you're saying. You do not know the meaning of the language. And if there is no one who knows the meaning of the language, there is no edification in a church setting. So therefore, make sure that you pray that you may interpret. So we don't have to be dogmatic and say, well, you ever, someone has to understand the gift of tongues because the whole point is that it is a foreign gift, a, for, a foreign tongue, a foreign language to us. Right. Yeah, Hannibal. Amen. So, um, brother, tell me another thing. Um, what would you say was the the very, how did the father, you know, you, you talked about your, your, your experience. That was not good. How did the father prick your heart in a way that it reopened your heart to considering this, this one gift that you actually, actually never wanted? Um, the fact that I wanted all of their gifts, because <clears throat> what I see Paul saying in Ephesians 4 about the fivefold ministry is that their job is to edify and, and build up the body until we can grow into maturity, right, in Christ. And uh, Yeshua walked in all, all gifts, right? Um, he didn't have spurts of, of, of power, but he would continually walking in the fullness of the spirit and that's what we're all called to do like first uh, john 4 17 says like as he is so are we in this world and just because i don't see that in my life doesn't mean that i'm going to change what the scriptures are saying the scriptures are saying what they say so i just need to change my mind and start believing and step out so when i started asking the father and he immediately told me like this is what i want you to pursue first even though i was kind of stubborn and had a lot of fear i knew that okay if i'm obedient here the father is going to give me more because he's already told us, you know, like Paul says in Romans 8, 30, 32, that, you know, he's already given us his son. So he will give us all other things freely. And uh, I think as believers, we should desire everything that the father has in store for us so, what, so that we can be a blessing, not only to the body, but to, we can be a light to the nations. Right. So that when people look at us, they see Yeshua and Yeshua, he walked in in absolute love and compassion, but also authority and dominion right over sickness illness and disease and i did not have a desire for that in my in my own uh, body and i that was a, a big problem because <clears throat> i was walking in the commandments you know of course we can always walk better and that's something that we practice but that had not generated um those feelings of compassion towards my my fellow uh, mm -hmm. humans or um generated a hunger for the spiritual gifts and like Romans 10, 4 says that Yeshua is the end goal of the, of the, the Torah is the end goal. Well, Yeshua is the end goal of walking in the Torah, right? I felt like I was walking in Torah, but I was not looking like Yeshua at all. 
uh, I felt like a Pharisee, to be honest. And that scared me. And I had to break out of that because, um, and that's why I went into fasting and praying with, with such fervency, because when I came to faith, okay, the father did not meet me in rock bottom. I had a pretty good life. And I told him that I'll give everything up, but I want everything in this book. I want to walk that out in my own life, everything. Mm -hmm. And when I did not see that, I started, I refuse to, to live a life and not see everything come to pass through me. Mm. Uh, not because I'm special, but because Yeshua wants us all to walk through that right. in it. So, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome because you, it's like you said, you're, you didn't let your experiences, however bad they may have been in the past, dictate what you should be seeing. Instead, you let the word do that. And I think that is very, that's a big deal, guys. Like everyone is listening. That's a big deal. Like if you have experienced some bad stuff, some spiritual abuse of some kind, like I'm with you, man. Like there are some things out there that can hurt us and that if people have done us wrong, maybe like you, when you hear speaking tongues, you just like, I don't want to hear about that stuff. And, you know, or, or any gift of the Holy Spirit or moving of the spirit, you know, it's easy for us to get in that place because of hurt. But yet there is an authentic Holy Spirit in the word and there is an authentic gift of tongues. There's an authentic gift of interpretation and prophecy and healing and so forth. And I think that what is so awesome about Hannibal's testimony is that he was, despite what he was up against in his experience, he was more hungry for what the word says he can experience than what he did experience. And that is so huge for me. Uh, so, man, like props to you. It's so awesome because I I just connect with your testimony in so many ways because I feel like it's it's so similar to the way that the father moved with me um, coming from a background that's probably a little different. But I also had this this confusion of, yes, OK, I'm trying to be obedient to God. I'm trying to learn the Bible. I'm trying to do all this, the things. But yet I felt like a Pharisee, like you said, right? Mm -hmm. And it was also like you said for me that I started feeling I could love people better when I actually started walking out the spiritual gifts that he prepared for us. Because now a spiritual gift cannot be walked out without the Holy Spirit working through you, right? That's how you are empowered to walk in a spiritual gift. So when the Holy Spirit does move through you, the love, the living waters of Yeshua flows through you and it changes you. I always say this, but but this changed me more than anyone that I was maybe praying for or whenever the father was did, did a miracle glory to him. It was always um, me being changed, even if the other person was being impacted. And so if you're someone who is listening here tonight and you're like, wow, I uh, you know, I feel like I'm going through the motions and I'm doing my Torah portions and studies of the Bible, but I feel like there's a there's a lack, there's something missing. Well, you know, I, I want to submit to you that maybe this is it. You know, maybe it's the, uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Father wants to pour out on you. Maybe he wants you to speak in tongues. Maybe he wants you to pray for the sick. Maybe he wants you to cast out demons. Maybe he wants you to prophesy. Maybe he wants you to give you a word of knowledge or um, whatever, you know, spiritual gift there is. So... I just want to encourage you guys, all that's listening here, to to really assess your heart and ask yourself, how hungry am I really for the Holy Spirit? Because that's, and I think that's a question that we, we should always be asking ourselves. Um, so Hannibal, another question I have for you is, um, how has speaking in tongues ever since now that, that encounter you had, 
How has that impacted your relationship with the Father and Yeshua? It, it's in so many ways, I don't even know where to begin. Um, in terms of just compassion and, and being able to be sensitive to the spirit, um, that has changed completely since I started praying in tongues. And the more I do it, the more sensitive I get, I, I, I seem. And uh, compassion for people was something that I really struggled with. And until I started stepping out and praying in tongues, I did not even have the bold boldness to actually, I wasn't bold enough to pray for people for healing. I would step out and intercede for people. and. Uh, when I started doing that, that's when compassion comes in. You know, the, you, the, like you said, with all gifts, you take the first step and the Holy Spirit comes and helps you. Um, same thing with compassion. And uh, it feels like once I started being faithful with this gift, the Father just gave me more. Um, and I was um, shortly after I was able to, you know, par partake in the first time of helping someone be delivered from unclean spirits and baptized in the Holy Spirit and, and healed um, all in one go. And that's happened a few times since then. And um even even then i've tried to use also uh, tongues in in deliverance and demons react to it so i mean you've you've said that in in a few videos and you know that came to my mind during a deliverance once and i, I wanted to try it you know i just wanted to experiment and and, and it worked and uh i've i've um i've i pray in, in the spirit all the time now these days um you know when i'm out in, in my garden when i'm uh, in the gym you know in between sets I, it feels good to b build yourself up and i keep myself um the joy of the lord being a strength the first time i understood that passage was when i started praying in, in tongues uh, often um praying my private prayer time in tongues and even with that not in tongues afterwards um just a new level of, of just intimacy but also endurance Endurance for mm. prayer has, has, has increased. Um, my understanding of the word has increased. Um, my hunger for the word has increased. My praise, my, my, I did not praise and worship at all privately before because I did not grow up in a church. So mm. first of all, I did not know any good songs. Um, and to be honest, when I became a believer, I felt like most praise and worship songs were kind of corny. Uh, and I asked the father, like, you have to change my taste because this is not for me. But since I started praying in tongues, I'm, I'm, I'm out singing and dancing all 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 the time uh, to the Father. And that's something that he's changed in my heart. Um, like you said, we don't know what we're saying because the mind is unfruitful. But um, like Paul says in Romans 8, 26 to 27, that you know we don't know what, what we ought to pray, but the Spirit intercedes on our behalf. And when we pray in tongues, we just come in agreement with that, uh, with those groanings that the Spirit is praying through us. And things that I did not even know to pray for, the Father has answered when I've been praying in tongues. So that has been such a, huge blessing it's like almost maybe i could explain like fiber optics as we're praising the father he's downloading stuff into us um so it's a two-way street of communication it's it's a wonderful wonderful gift <clears throat> so i mean you know man the way i see it also what i found with, with i love what you said what i found with the gift is that it's it's in a way giving you the ability to speak things that you would not be able to utter with your carnal mind. And I know that sounds for someone who may not have prayed in tongues before, it sounds strange, but that's the only way I can explain it is it's like, it's like, if I don't know what to say, I don't know even I'm not, I, I feel like there's something I need to pray about, but I'm not sure what it is. And 
And when I pray in tongues, I don't even always understand, right? Because if I don't have an interpretation for what I'm saying, but yet I know that it is building me up spiritually. I know that it is like you said, I'm getting uh, oftentimes a download from the Father on a on a revelation or on something about his word I've been pondering about I didn't understand before. Or or maybe you're praying in tongues and then you just get a vision like that has happened. I'm with, I've known with many people as well, um, including myself. And, you know, so there's this there's this special place that we enter of intimacy with the Father when we speak in tongues and it's building up yourself like Paul said. And so, you know, guys, I just wanted to everyone who's in the live chat, I, I'm so excited for you guys to be here with us tonight. Um, I want you guys to just put in the chat a few any questions that you may have so far regarding um, the testimony or that Hannibal shared or the gift of speaking in tongues itself. Uh, I'm I just I'm reading a few here. So far, I've I read a, here that uh, Thomas wrote earlier. I've prayed with a group of people. After the praying, I was asked if I was praying in tongues. To me, I was speaking in English. Thomas said, "That is so awesome." So he's saying like he's, he was in a group. He spoke and uh, he spoke in tongues, or he was um, excuse me. He was asked if he was speaking in tongues, but he was actually speaking English to himself. Like that's awesome. Uh, I've heard many testimonies like that. Um, another one that was asked. Uh, by Tom is what's the best way to build your faith leading to fervent prayer for these gifts? Uh, well, you know, I think like Hannibal shared earlier, um, building your faith is like in his case, you know, you can share a bit Hannibal as well after what I, but what I've seen in your test when he was that you were seeking this with a great hunger and you were fasting. Do you think that played a big role for you? Yeah. Um, and, you know, fasting is something that has been a huge part of my walk since I became a believer less than two years ago. And I think, you know, if you're not hungry, because that's something that I had a big struggle with, too. I, mm. You know, I, I knew that I was lacking something, but I did not have enough hunger to go after it. And I just started right. fasting. You know, you deprive yourself and, and sp spend time in the word and you'll start feeling this yearning in your spirit of like, I need to do this, too. I, I want to do this, you know. The people that are living in darkness, they they need to see Yeshua. They, des they deserve to see our king through us. And mm. if we're unable to bring him forth because, you know, we have not the baptism of the Holy Spirit or, you know, mm. we're afraid, um, we ask for boldness like in Acts 4. You know, when they got threatened, they, they raised up their voices in unison and asked the Father to give them boldness uh, and that he would stretch out his hand to do mighty signs and wonders to glorify his son, Yeshua. And that those type of prayers the Father will always honor. And I think one thing that a lot of believers don't really know what to do, how to do well is to stand. So after you've, you've, you've prayed is you stand in faith because if we don't see the answer in one day or one week or one month, we start saying that maybe this is not for me, you know, maybe the Father did not mean it for us, but that's usually when the answer is right around the corner, you know, build grit, you know, and spending time in prayer and fasting will build your endurance and in the word and singing and praising the father will you know he will reju rejuvenate you so you can stand for another day and keep pressing on so that's the best advice i would give to brother tom amen love that that was so good man another one that's coming here is from amy she said how to help our minds be free of the flesh and let the spirit guide us i i a lot of times have issues with my mind going here and there while praying 
is this training our minds to not be distracted, right? So, yeah, yeah I think that um, it's very similar to the to what Tom asked. When our mind is going here and there, up and down, left and right, and distracting us, or or we have thoughts of unbelief or whatever, you know, fasting is a tool, right? That helps us have self-control when we basically tell our body, you are not eating right now. I'm not letting you eat, even though you're hungry, you want food. Mm. I have self-control. That is what you're building in your spirit. And so when the thoughts come, you can easily also tell those thoughts the same way you will not have authority right now because my spirit man is right now in authority. And another thing to do is not to be um, shaken when you have thoughts that are that are not with, in line with the, in alignment with the spirit. Even if you have those thoughts, that doesn't mean that it's game over. It doesn't mean like something is wrong with you. We all have those thoughts, but it's all about then controlling it in terms of you set them aside. Yes, I feel I you know I, I mean every time I pray for someone you know, safe to get healed or something, there are thoughts that enter my mind that it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. But I have to then, I just set them aside. And I just, I kind of just laugh and chuckle inside of those thoughts because I chuckle in faith at the, at mm -hmm. the fact that what Yeshua said, we cause us to do, right? So that's what I would add to that as well. Um, I'm just seeing what else, if there's anything else. Uh, Rebecca asked, can we speak in tongues publicly without interpretation or can the gift of tongues in public only be accompanied by interpretation? Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, my thoughts on this is look, yeah, Paul wrote regarding this and he said, when we speak in tongues in a public setting, like a church where there's the possibility for unbelievers to be there, then we want to be a little bit more cautious. We want to, we can speak in tongues, but if we're speaking loudly in a way that, you know, is is going to be heard by people, right, then there has to be an interpreter who can come in and speak and say, this is what it means. So there's actual edification for the church. And so that, like Paul said, the unbelievers will not think you're out of your mind, but they would understand there's a point to what's happening, actually. But I will say that if you're in a, a setting that's more like closed, like a prayer, like a prayer group or a small group of people that you know, and you know, they're believers and there's unity in that, then, well, this is not what Paul is talking about. He's talking about a public setting where there's unbelievers. So interpretation is not like uh, a requirement in a smaller group setting like that. But yes, uh, just one more thing I will say on that is to speak in tongues in a public setting, you need to actually speak and then you need to give a chance for and anyone who, who receives an interpretation to be able to come forward and say, I'm receiving an interpretation, I can give an interpretation, right? So we have to open the door still for someone to speak in tongues, even in public, to see at least, okay, is there an interpreter? And then they can continue, right? Okay. Um, great. Um, okay. Uh, what would you say to someone who knows they are spirit-filled and has the desire to pray in tongues, but struggle like you did because it never happened for them? Hannibal, what would you say to that? Um, they, want to, they want to pray in tongues, but they haven't. Um, right, they're, they're spirit-filled uh, mm -hmm. and they desire to, but they struggle. Be, and it's never mm -hmm. happened, right? What, what would you say are their steps? Um, I would say that 
why are you struggling? Are you, are you struggling with feelings of rejection? Because something that I've noticed is that when, when you pray for something with absolute faith and belief, <clears throat> you're sort of putting your hope out there, right? And like Proverbs, I think it's uh, 14, 13 says that, you know, hope deferred makes the heart sick. So after a while, you can get beat down from asking in faith and not having um, your prayers answered. So you start asking in unbelief, you know, saying, oh, Father, if it's your will, then let it happen. Well, we already know that it's his will. So we sort of have to step into believing in him. He's, he's a good father. And um, just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean that it's not for you. Um, so don't be discouraged. You know, encourage yourself and and just keep seeking, you know, with hunger. You know, be relentless. I think, um, I don't know how to explain it in a better way, but we have to be vicious and just I'm clinging to it by my teeth. I'm not letting go until you bless me. Like Jacob, mm. like Jacob said to the angel, right? Uh, we mm. got to have that mentality of all things that are pertaining to us for holiness and sanctification. Um, we need it. Like Paul said, I thank God that I pray, speak in more tongues than all of you. Uh, Paul, he could speak, he could talk um, circles around us with the scriptures, all of us here in the live stream together. And if he thanked God for praying in tongues uh, more than all of us, uh, we need it, right? There's not what if, we do need it. So just keep pressing in. And, and I have absolute faith that you will receive that gift. Mm, and and we know that it is the Father's will because Paul wrote, he said, earnestly desire the gifts. In other words, we have a role to play. It's not just going to fall into our lap. We have to go ahead and desire it, which is an action. Amen. It's a stepping into it. It's a hunger for it. It's a praying into it. And then we know that the Father say, you know, it's written that um, if you ask, he's a father, that if you ask him for bread, he's not going to give you a snake. So if you ask him for a gift, well, He's going to desire you to have that gift. And, and here's the thing. Why do you desire that gift? Like, because like we mentioned, the carnal mind is at enmity with the spirit of God. So your carnal mind is not going to desire to speak in tongues. You know, we, we know that we know we don't in our carnality. We don't want to do that. So we know that when this, this earnest desire starts coming upon us, that the Holy Spirit is the one who's actually pulling our heartstrings into that, that area. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Um, and there's another question from Renee. She asks, is praying in tongues the same as praying in our heavenly language? Because I don't have a prayer language, nor do I have the gift of tongues, but I want to have a heavenly language. All right. So the way Renee, the way I see it is that speaking in tongues is, uh, it is one gift, right? but it has multiple manifestations and roles, just like the gift of healing has multiple roles. It has a role to be in the body, to bring freedom and healing to people who are believers who are sick. And that has the role to be assigned to people on the streets and outside, like Yeshua used it to show that he is, he is the Messiah. And so in the same way, the gift of tongues has uh, as targets unbelievers in that when they hear, uh, when they see someone speak in a tongue, like in Acts chapter uh, two and in their own language, and this person is not supposed to understand it, then they are going to be shaken and wonder why, and they see it's a miracle and they repent as they're pierced in their hearts. The other role of the gift of tongues is for the believer as it builds up the believer. That's like you are, you're using the term a heavenly language. Okay, that's fair. And so this is building up yourself to like in the ways we've discussed thus far in this teaching. 
So the gift of tongues is one gift. It has multiple roles and it will look a little different depending on what, what, what the environment is and what the father desires to do in that situation. Um, but it's, it's one, one gift. Okay. I hope that answers your question. And uh, last question here that we're going to be looking at is, can you be spirit filled without having the gift of speaking in tongues? Right. So this is how I see it. Um, or, or let me, before I answer, Hannibal, could you tell me, what do you think? Were you spirit filled and then you spoke in tongues or how did that go for you? Um, well, if, if, if this person means by spirit feel like baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I first, believe so. Yeah. Then I think, um, what we see in the scriptures is that when people are baptized in the Holy Spirit is when they start speaking in tongues. So if the filling comes first and, and tongues is usually a sign or result of that, you know, that we see. And, uh, so yeah, that's how I would answer that question. So do you think that you got baptized in the Holy Spirit? The, the first time you spoke in tongues or before that? No, it must have been before that because I did not sense anything um, when I when I spoke in tongues. Like like I said, I felt just stupid, <laughs> to be honest. Um, so it was before that. Um, but obviously, I could have spoken in tongues a lot earlier had it not been for my fear and all my 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 That's wrong thinking. Point. My so who knows? You know, maybe, maybe <laughs> right. I, I don't remember that moment because it took so long for me to actually start manifesting the gift after I actually received it. Yeah, um, that's, a, I, that's I think what, what you said happens a lot in that people, especially if they've had, you know, if I might call it baggage or, you know, uh, bad teaching about the gift or something. Uh, well, if you believe it's like evil to practice, even if the father pours out his spirit on you, you're going to close your mouth and you're not going to open your mouth and do that. Even if yeah. the spirit's trying to do that through you, because you're like, no, that's evil as I've been taught. And so, you know, I think that that can happen. And then later when people come to a greater revelation and knowledge, they grow their renewing of the mind. Then they actually enter the gift that they, they actually had. Like you said, yeah. you've had the gift. Actually, the father's told you in your heart, you have the gift but you had to enter it. You had to actually do it. And that was for me yeah. the same way. You know, I remember I was praying one night and the father whispered to me, you have the gift. Like that's literally what he, mm -hmm. he whispered to me. And then I opened my mouth mm -hmm. and, and started speaking in tongues. Uh, but mm -hmm. I believe that I was likely baptized in the Holy Spirit before that. But what we do see, and this is what I'll say to answer this question is that that an, an outward, there is an outward expression. There is outward evidence of baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I do believe spiritual gifts are a part of that. I do believe that if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you cannot keep your spiritual gifts bottled up forever. I think that there will be a, a moment where, you know, this, this hunger like Hannibal had just starts growing in you so much that, you know, you have to do something with that. And that is evidence of baptism of the Holy Spirit, among other things. Um, and if anyone's interested in that, a, a deep scriptural teaching on that, you know, I've, I did a video called Baptism of the Holy Spirit and in fire. Please go watch that if you want, if you want to learn more about that. All right. So, yeah, guys, I just want to say thank you so very much for joining us here tonight. I really hope that this discussion and this testimony that's so awesome that the Father has done has blessed you. Uh, Hannibal, thank you so much, brother, for coming on and sharing what happened. Uh, I really believe that this will really open the minds of people to consider 
what they ha what they've heard about the gift of tongues before. Yeah, um, thank you so much for having me on. I I really pray that it was this will give people um, hunger to relook at the scriptures and, and really seek the Father's face for this because um, this is something that we see in the in the early church. Everybody, you know, everyone that got filled with the Holy Spirit in the upper room in Acts 2 got the gift. And afterwards, we see the same thing, you know, to the point where Jude in Jude verse 20 says that we should build ourselves up in our most holy faith by praying in the Spirit, right? And this is a phrase that we only see Paul also use when talking about praying in tongues, because I think that was such a prevalent thing in the body of believers that the only ones that did not speak in tongues yet were people that were actively pursuing it because they had not been fed doctrine um, that it's not a gift that's for everyone or not a gift for today. So we sort of have to, like you said in a previous video, we have about 2,000 years of man-made traditions about the Holy Spirit and how it can manifest through us that we have to un unlearn and go back to the basics and just have a hunger and seek mm. the Father and He will pour out all His wonderful gifts upon us. Uh, that's such a good point, man. I mean, in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit's poured out, they don't have any concept of anything yet. They And they have no... Mm -hmm teachings in their mind that may cloud their yeah. mind about what his holy spirit wants mm -hmm. to do so guys let's let's try and get back to that moment and ask ourselves if we were in that place what would we do if the holy spirit was being poured out in front of us and he wants to do something through us will we be available for him or will our hearts be closed i'll leave you guys with that thought uh hannibal would you like to end off in a prayer for us absolutely thank you all right, Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We come before you through the grace. Father, we just thank you for this message. We pray that your Holy Spirit would prick the heart of every listener and just give them a hunger, Father, for your gifts. Father, I pray that you would just break off every shackle of unbelief and doubt in your goodness, Father. And we just pray that you would root out all fear and just help us to believe in your goodness, Father, and be willing and ready to receive the gifts of your Holy Spirit. And we pray blessings over everyone. In Yeshua's name, pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, brother. I really appreciate that. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. We're live here Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Please subscribe to the channel and like this video and share it with your friends. We need this message to get out there. And um, I just want to say a big thank you so much to our partners who make this possible. Uh, many, many blessings and shalom.